The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater Crusaders, America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. We've got a um, bunch to do today. So is it today or is today Earth Day or tomorrow Earth Day? I don't know. One of these days, some sometime this weekend is Earth Day. Uh, happy Earth Day to you, by the way. So every Earth Day on my local show, we have a little tradition. My first radio job was in Tennessee, Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, now, if you go to Tennessee and you're on the 40, you got to go, uh, you, get, you go north and you go to Nutbush and you keep going a little further. You're going to go through Frog Jump and not much further than Frog Jump, Tennessee is Hornbeak, Tennessee. Now, if you hit Dixie, you've gone too far. You got to turn back. If you're ever in Hornbeak, Tennessee, then you got to stop and see my friend Bill, Bill from Hornbeak. Uh, he's about as country and as good of a man as you'll ever meet in your life. So every year we started this tradition maybe five years ago. Uh, Bill calls into my local show and uh, cuts down a tree. And, and it's, a, it's a little Earth Day tradition. We've done he fires up his chainsaw, sings a little song, and cuts down a tree. So, of course, we did that uh, yesterday to, uh, to much fanfare, which is very nice. Now, we have another Earth Day tradition, not as dramatic as that. And uh, I do the same segment every year. I make the same argument. Now, it's not that important. I'm not going to die on this hill, so that's why I only do it once a year. But the argument, the short of it is that recycling is really stupid and you shouldn't do it anymore. You should stop recycling. It's a really, really big waste of time, money, energy, and it's actually worse for the planet than just throwing uh, your garbage away. So everyone should stop doing it. Actually, if you want to help the planet you especially should stop doing it and i know it's not a very popular argument and and people are like what are you talking about how, i've been recycling my whole life how could it be a dumb thing to do uh i will tell you the beginnings of recycling and and why it's wasteful uh later in the show i think we'll do that the third hour we'll save that for the third hour so that's our earth day traditions um got to keep them going strong also later we'll talk about the march for science and again how science in the past has been very, 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 very wrong. So busy show. I want to start here though, because this is as good as it gets. This is a beautiful declaration of faith, a beautiful testimony. And I want to thank Opelka for finding this 
on CNN and for capturing it and putting on YouTube for everyone to see. This is the family of the man who was killed by that Facebook live killer in Cleveland. And the the man had two daughters and a son, the 78-year-old man. And the family, the kids, were on Anderson Cooper. And, and what they said is remarkable. Keep in mind, at this point, they didn't know. They didn't, uh, the guy wasn't, didn't, didn't kill himself yet, right? The, the killer. So they thought he was still alive. And this is a day? I, I don't, it's definitely not two days. So it's less than 48 hours after their father was killed, cold-blooded for no reason whatsoever. And this is what they say on national TV. It is remarkable. 1458. The thing that I would take away the most with my father is he taught us about God, how to fear yeah. God, how to love God, and how to forgive. Yes. And each one of us forgive the killer, the murderer. You do. It's, we want to wrap our arms around we him. We yes. absolutely do. We don't. I honestly can say right now that I hold no, no animosity against in my heart against this man because I know that he he's a sick. sick individual. I know that, you know, because of his sickness, whatever evil overtook him that caused him to do this to my dad is not him. It, it wouldn't be something he would typically do. And I promise you, I could not do that if I did not know God, if I didn't know him as my God and my savior, I could not forgive that man. And I feel no animosity against him at all. I actually, I feel sadness in my heart for, for this him. man. I do. I feel yes, real sad. All of us. And we want to, you know, we lost our dad, but this mother lost her son. Um, lost her children his children lost their dad that's and incredible the girl Tanya, that, that you're thinking you about know, that even in your time of grief that you're thinking just, about them it's just it's just what our parents taught did us. but it wasn't that they just taught us they didn't talk it they did they it. Lived it they lived it like they lived people would do things to us and we would say dad are you gonna really forgive them really and he would say yes we have to so my dad would be really proud of us and he would want this from us he would and he would say tanya forgive them because they know not what they do debbie you know you, you talked about how uh tanya you talked about how your friends growing up said that they they wish they were godwins i think a lot of people watching tonight and i know certainly i speak for myself i wish i was a godwin right now because you all represent your dad incredibly <laughs> well thank you so much thank you. I, I wish you peace and, and strength in the days ahead Thank, Thank you. you. Thank God you so bless much. you. Bless you. Mm, I've heard that five, six times. It's, it's almost more amazing every time. Three lessons I get from this. Obviously, forgiveness, empathy, and training. These are the three things I want to chat about. So first of all, that's not a normal reaction. That is a biblical reaction. It's not a normal one. It's not an easy one. But it's certainly a biblical one. Forgiveness is incredibly difficult but it could not be more clear in the good book could not be more clear sermon on the mount jesus said if you forgive other people when they sin against you your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive then your father will not forgive your sins and we can quote all day it's it's not normal to do that which is why anderson cooper was so shocked i wish you could see the video if you haven't already go to opelka's uh youtube page he you heard him you you i'm sorry you forgive this man So that forgiveness is not normal. 
Empathy's not normal. For that, for those for those kids, the daughter there, to think of the family of the killer when that guy just killed your dad and you're thinking of them, man, how do you not hate that guy? How do you not hate this man? And then by extension, just because your hate is overflowing, how do you not hate his family? How do you not hate everyone he's ever come in contact with? And this family not only doesn't, doesn't hate, but has empathy for the killer's family. Wow. And then the training. This is, this is the third thing that I get. The, 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 those adults there, they're, they're not like that randomly or by chance. They were trained to forgive. They were raised up purposefully to forgive and to have empathy for others. Right. Remember at the end when she said, you know, bad things would happen to them as a family and and dad would tell them to forgive. And they'd say, dad, really this, I mean, we're going to forgive that guy for what he did to us. And dad would say, yep. And they learned it time after time after time, that that's the proper way to react. Even in a tragedy and even in the ultimate tragedy, which would be this one killing their dad in cold blood for no reason. And I just, I just imagine, I mean, I know their dad would be proud of them. Right? Because you imagine their whole life, dad, you want me to forgive that? You want me to forgive that guy? Uh huh. You want me to forgive that guy? Yep. Dad, you want me to, even this, you want me to forgive him for this? Yes, I do. And it just gets escalates and escalates and escalates and escalates. And this is the ultimate thing. Dad, you want me to forgive this man who shot you on the sidewalk? Who just walked up to you, pointed his gun in your head and shot you in the head and killed you? You want me to forgive, you forgive him? Yes, I do. Okay. Now, I want to play one last clip of the family. Because it's easy to, to see this and say, oh man, they are, they're delusional. They're, they're mourning and they're delusional. They're not thinking straight. No, th- this proves it. Because just because you forgive someone doesn't mean that you're soft on them. And it doesn't mean that they're off the hook, so to say. Check this out, 1459. I'm going to ask you this, but since you brought this person up, and I'm not going to use this person's name uh, in front of you, but if this person is out there and they're listening, what do you want them to know? Obviously, you want them to turn themselves in, but what would you say to them? Uh, I would say turn yourself in. That would be number one. I mean, because... Although, you know, I do believe in forgiveness, I do believe in the law, meaning when you break the law, there's a penalty for breaking the law. And this man broke the law by taking my father's life. And so although I forgive him, there is still a penalty that he must pay for what he did to my dad. And so I would want him to turn himself in. And and you know what? I, I believe that God would give me the grace to even embrace this man and, and, and hug him without it anything i truly do um I, I, it's 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 just it's just the, the way right my heart is and it's the right thing to do and so um you know i just would want him to know that even in his his worst state that he's loved you know by god that god loves him even in the bad stuff that he did to my dad mm. that he still loved and that that um he is he has uh, some worthwhile, even though he's going to have to go through many things to get better. 
um, there's worth in him. And as long as there's life in him, there is hope for him, too. I do believe that. Hmm. So that's an important part of forgiveness. It doesn't mean that this murderer, let's say he were still alive, uh, it doesn't mean he should go out, get off the hook and go scot-free. No, no, there are still earthly punishments for breaking the law. But even through that, there's life. And through life, there means there's hope. And that is a fantastic testimony from this family. Their dad would be so proud. one 888 let me Let me wrap up with this real quick. Um, I had the chance to talk to a biographer of Richard Nixon. He has a new book out called Rit- Nixon the Life, I think. Um, really fascinating conversation. And Nixon's great uh, fault in his personality was deep insecurities probably came from the fact that his, when he was young, his two brothers died when they were kids and his mom never said that she loved him. And that's definitely going to wound someone and then cause some insecurities when you're older. And that insecurity turned into paranoia, which then ultimately led to his downfall. And I asked the biographer for one of Nixon's favorite quotes. And this is the quote that this biographer said, this was a, a segment of a speech that Nixon gave to his White House House staff on the way out. So this is his mini farewell address on the way out of the White House. And and the biographer said, if only he realized this wisdom that he's going to give during his presidency, then maybe he would never have needed to resign. I want to play this clip. It's about 60 seconds. There's some good stuff in the beginning, but it's the end about hating people that, uh, that that's most relevant here. Here it is, 1460. Because the greatness comes... Not when things go always good for you, but the greatness comes and you're really tested when you take some knocks, some disappointments, when sadness comes. Because only if you've been in the deepest valley can you ever know how magnificent it is to be on the highest mountain. Always give your best, never get discouraged, never be petty, always remember, others may hate you, but those who hate you don't win unless you hate them, and then you destroy yourself. Others may hate you, but if those who hate you they don't win unless you also hate them. And if you do that, then you destroy yourself. So this family, they only lose and the murderer only wins if they hate him. But then if this family hates him, they destroy themselves. one 888 Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. 
To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. This is Mike Slater. Slater, I just want to chat for just a few more minutes about what happened in Cleveland. So I, I'm not an expert in, uh, it's called theosity. It's the study of why God permits evil in the world and bad things to happen. But I do want to share, or I want to ask some questions, uh, some things we should think about when you see did, what did happen in Cleveland. And and a guy just gets out of the car and says, oh, I'm going to kill that old dude right there. Walks up to him, just shoots him. Like, what, what, what? So it gets you thinking about evil. So two different ways to think about it as I see it. So Augustine said that evil isn't a thing. He said evil is the absence of good. So it's similar to darkness. Darkness doesn't really exist. Darkness is the absence of light. Right? So you can't turn the dark on. There's like, let's say you walk into a room and it's light. You don't turn on the dark switch. You know what I mean? So I'm in a room right now and there's, there's blinds right there. So light's coming. I, I don't, I can, there's no switch I can flick that will make it dark in here. All right? You have to turn off the light. You have to cover up the light and then it becomes dark. Does that make sense? So, so darkness isn't a thing. And, and Augustine said evil is the same way. Evil is the absence of good. Maybe. Maybe. Or evil is a thing. It's a force. It's something we have to constantly fight against. C.S. Lewis wrote that we are in enemy-occupied territory. If that's true, who's the enemy? It's not nothing. Can't be an enemy against nothing. Can't be in the enemy of an absence of a thing. So Screwtape Letters, awesome book. C.S. Lewis again. So in this book, Screwtape is a demon in hell. And he's teaching his nephew, Wormwood, how to be a demon how to do bad things how to do how to hurt people on earth and it's awesome and you got to read it and in one of the letters the the demon the adult demon the uncle he says you know it's funny how mortals always picture us the bad guys us putting things into their minds in reality our best work is done by keeping things out and maybe one of those things that we keep out of our minds is the presence of evil is the concept of it is, is the idea that it exists at all. And, and I believe it does. Have you ever seen the, the TV show true detective the first season? So I tried watching it one time and I got like, I got two or three episodes and I was like, Oh, this is way too dark. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't need this in my life. And then a couple months later went by and I tried it again and it's awesome. And it all comes down to the last scene. Even if you hate every single episode, the, the last scene is worth it. It's one of the best things I've ever watched at the end. So long story short, you got this detective who's super cynical about everything. He's a nihilist. He, he thinks life has no meaning and rejects all religious teaching and moral principles. And he's just a total, what's the point of living kind of guy. And then he and another detective, they go through this horrible murder investigation. And it's just full of evil in every possible way child murder and blah, 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 all this like super dark stuff. So at the end of the, the show, I'm not giving anything away. He spent the, the super cynical guy spends a long time in the hospital 
And he finally gets out, and he and his partner are walking to their car. And the cynical partner, uh, Rust, he says, I tell you, Marty, I've been up in that room looking out these windows every night just thinking. It's, the, it's just one story, the oldest. And his partner, Marty, says, well, what's that? And Rust says, light versus dark. The oldest story, light versus dark. And the camera pans up to the, the night sky. And it's pitch black out with a couple, with stars, right? It's pitch black, but there's stars. And Marty, the other cop says, well, it appears to me that the dark has a lot more territory. And Rust, the nihilist, the negative guy, the, the negative Nancy, he says, no, you're looking at it wrong. Once there was only dark. You ask me, the light's winning. So we can look at moments like this and easily think that the darkness is winning because it has more territory, right? The darkness has more territory. But I think when you realize that that darkness came first, then you can start to conclude that the light is winning. Still a long way to go. We got a long way to go, but the light is winning. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. listening to Mike Slater. Slater, Slater, thanks for being here. So I want to chat about this because this right here is the foundation of a lot of things we talk about. Uh, Every time we're critical of something that's going on in our society or even economics and culture, it is based off of the progressive belief that there is no such thing as truth. So there's two progressive philosophies here. One is that truth can't be known. But the more prevalent one today is that there is no truth to be known. Does the difference make sense? So the first thing is uh, there is a truth, but we can't figure it out. But the other one is there is no truth at all. And that's what most progressives believe. Conservatives believe in objective truth. Progressives don't. For progressives, everything is, is, uh, is relative. Generally speaking, of course. And I've probably said that in passing a million times in my last 10 years of radio, but I've never seen two progressives admit it like I'm going to share here, let alone on the same day. Both of these editorials were written and published or were published on Monday. And it was Monday night and I was reading them. I was like, well, hold on. Okay, fine. We got to talk about it now, right? I'm not, I'm not just going to glance over it anymore. Let's go a little deeper because this is crazy that two, two progressives flat out admitted it. So I want to be clear. This is not an example of progressives saying there's no such thing of truth. This is them saying it. But <laughs> here it is flat out. So the first one is a college student at Pomona College here in California. Uh, this is their school newspaper. Historically, white supremacy has venerated, uh, lifted up. So white supremacy has lifted up the idea of objectivity. 
and wielded this dichotomy of subjectivity versus objectivity as a means of silencing oppressed people. So he's saying, listen, this idea of objective truth, white supremacists came up with this, quote, as a means of silencing oppressed people. The idea that there is a single truth, the truth, is a construct of the Euro West white people that is deeply rooted in the enlightenment, which was a movement that also described black and brown people as subhuman. This construction of the truth is a myth and white supremacy, imperialism, colonialism, capitalism in the United States of America are all of its progeny descendants. The idea that the truth is a, is a single entity for which we must search is an attempt to silence oppressed peoples. Yes, that is silence oppressed peoples twice in the same paragraph. Okay, so white supremacists came up with the idea of truth to silence oppressed people. And the idea that we must search for this truth is what supremacists do to oppress, uh, to silence oppressed people. All right, so there's a lot here. The whole article is just so much psychobabble. It's, it's really sickening that these people get degrees in the first place. But I just want to focus on one point here for the sake of discussion. Truth. Not in school. Truth was created by white Europeans. And he says it came out of the Enlightenment, which, correctly, he says also led to the idea uh, of the bad science that says black people are subhuman. But this person's a little confused because just because a, a group of people in a certain time were wrong about one thing, the idea that there are different races and therefore one is more uh, superior than the rest, that doesn't mean that there's no such thing as truth. It just means that they were wrong about something. You're right. But the very idea that they were wrong means there must be truth. Okay, let, let's, let's break this down. So, so scientists during the Enlightenment, which, by the way, tomorrow's the March for Science, or is today the March for Science. Okay, so here were scientists back in the day who said that there were different races around the world. Some are uh, inferior. I, we, the white people, are superior. Um, and it's, here's the science behind it. Terrible, terrible, racist, horrible science. Now, do you agree with that? Do you agree that there are different races and some are superior than others? No. If you don't agree with that, then let me flip it around. If, let me say, sorry, try again. If you don't agree with that and someone else does, you think they're wrong, right? So if this progressive person went up to, to a white person who's a white supremacist and said, you're wrong, that means there is truth. Because how can that white supremacist be wrong about something if there's no objective truth to compare it to? How can you tell me that this line is curved if you're not comparing it to a line that is straight? So anyone who says there's no such thing as truth like this student was, they believe that that statement is true. So they're undercutting their own argument. If someone says there is no such thing as truth, is that true? Is it true that there's no such thing as truth? Okay, then there is such thing as truth. <laughs> so the whole argument they make doesn't make any sense. So 
People in the Enlightenment said that black people were subhuman. The student says that's not true. Okay. But what is then? What is true? The only reason that we can say those Enlightenment scientists were wrong is because we know the truth. And the objective truth is that all men are created equal. That is true. So when something doesn't measure up to the truth, we say, oh, that thing is not true. So how can this student say that there is no truth and racism is wrong? Why would it be wrong? Why is racism wrong if there's no such thing as truth? It, it's, it's insane. Like the, you, can't, you can't hold both those views at the same time. You, you can't say there's no such thing as truth and you're wrong about something. Make sense? I know that's kind of tricky, but I just want an okay job explaining that. Um, oh, let's move on. So that's that's number one. That then that's that's just a college kid. Bless his heart, right? This is from Casey Williams. She got her PhD in literature from Duke, and she wrote this editorial in the New York Times. She said Trump's playbook should be familiar to any student of critical theory. And philosophy. Critical theory is basically just progressivism. Progressivism and philosophy. It often feels like Trump has stolen our ideas and weaponized them. Hmm, what? Who, whose ideas? Whose ideas and what ideas? So she says, for decades, critical social scientists, progressives, and humanists have chipped away at the idea of truth. We, progressives, have deconstructed facts insisted that knowledge is is situated so it's like man it doesn't you know it's hard to say and denied the existence of objectivity so here's the progressive saying for decades we've denied the existence of objective fact the bedrock claim of critical philosophy going back to kant is simple we can never have certain knowledge about the world in its entirety and claiming to know the truth is therefore a kind of assertion of power. And that goes back to the college kid who said, if you know the truth or the search for the truth is a way to oppress colored people, right? Now she goes on and says that Trump has taken this tool from philosophers who have said there's no such thing as truth. And Trump has weaponized it for his own ends by lying all the time. Alternative facts, fake news, stuff like that. Now, it's hilarious because Trump got progressives to admit that they've been fighting for decades that there's no such thing as truth. But again, if there is such, if there is no such thing as truth, progressives have nothing to stand on. They have no ground to complain about what Trump does or says, because how can Trump be wrong? <laughs> right? If, if there's no such thing as truth, then there's no such thing as a lie. And if there's no such thing as truth, then there's no such thing as right. Right? Does that make sense? There's no such thing as right and wrong. There's no such thing as truth and a lie. So how can you, a progressive, complain against Donald Trump for lying? How can you complain against him for being wrong? How can you complain against him for being immoral when you have just admitted that there's no such thing as moral? So to be more specific, progressives believe there's no such thing in truth, right? But they're quick to tell you that refugees should be let into America. Why? What truth are you basing that off of? I thought there was no truth. You told me here, quote, humanists have chipped away at the idea of truth 
for decades, she says in the New York Times. But now all of a sudden they say, oh, it's true that refugees should be let into America. Why? Oh, well, it's the moral thing to do. Says who? I thought there is no such thing as morality. Well, it's the right thing to do. Says who? I thought there is no such thing as right and wrong. So progressives say there's no truth, but they don't really believe that. They're just using that as a trick. They've weaponized that against you. How? When you say something is true or right or moral, instead of a progressive arguing the specific merits of what you say, the easiest thing to do is to completely eliminate the concept of truth, the concept of right and wrong, the concept of morality. And their idea is that you now have no more ground to stand on, right? If you say it's true that this, instead of arguing it, they just say nothing can be true. If you say, oh, it's moral that I do this, they can say, well, there's no such thing as morality. If you say, well, this is the right thing to do, well, there's no such thing as right and wrong. That's how they argue. But they know, of course, truth exists. They just don't like it. I know that was a lot. I hope that makes sense. one 888 Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. I want to quote here from a French philosopher, Bruno Latour. He wrote an essay in 2004. Uh, Let's see. So he noticed that. Well, let me share here. So he wrote. So he's a progressive. He said entire PhD programs are still running to make sure that good American kids are learning the hard way that facts are made up. That there's no such thing as unbiased access to truth, that we are always prisoners of language, that we always speak from a particular standpoint, straight white male, and so on. So here we have another progressive saying that for decades, he said for decades, We've been trying to teach kids there's no such thing as truth. He says entire PhD programs are still existing to make sure that good kids, good American kids learn the hard way. The facts are made up. There's no such thing as truth, etc. Now, if entire PhD programs need to exist specifically to teach kids that there's no such thing as truth, to me, that says that the natural state of man is to know that there is a truth and to search for it. So think about this. So every university was originally founded based on the idea that there is a truth and we need to discover it and go search for it and find it. 
now universities exist to teach kids there is no such thing as truth. And if you believe there is, and if you look for it, then you are oppressing people. Wow. Now, if there's no such thing as truth, that really, like, I, I got to ask, if you're at a college and you believe there's no such thing as truth, what are you doing there? What, what, what's the, what do you, what do you, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. If there's no such thing as truth, why are you even there? But again, the idea that this needs to be systematically deconstructed from people to me proves that it's our natural state to know that there's truth and to search for it. Otherwise, you wouldn't need PhD programs to teach you there's no such thing. This is really destructive stuff that's, uh, that's going on right now. Now, this ties in pretty good to what I want to talk about coming up in the next segment uh, about science because whatever, today or tomorrow is the big science march. Uh, which is so absurd. Oh, maybe I could pull up this one quote. I got to find it here. So this science marches, there's a science center here in San Diego and they jumped on board and they're like, oh, we love the science march. It's great and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, wow, you have no idea what this is really about, do you? And I'll find this quote here. I don't have it in front of me. I apologize. And it's it's like, you know, this is the science march is all about women's rights and abortion and this and this, and this is from the official website of the science March, right? So this isn't me projecting it onto them. Uh, and I'm like, Oh wow. You, you official science center in San Diego, you have no idea what you're joining. You think this is really about science. You think this is about the scientific method. You think this is about finding truth? No, 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 no. The people who are really marching in this science March don't believe there is such thing as truth. That's how backwards and crazy it is. Science is about finding the truth. And the people who are marching in the science march truly deeply believe there is no such thing as truth. Well, there's their truth. So I want to talk about science and and how science has a very, very, very bad track record with some pretty evil stuff. I'll give you an example of something that's pretty popular today and how wrong it is. We'll do that next. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.